fait, j'ai voulu te, te téléphoner pour te, te demander allô quelque chose quoi Welcome to Arts Week. I'm your host, Candy Hammond, and my guest today, creative producing director Christopher Ostrom, playwright Kevin Rice, and actor Robin Bloodworth are here to talk about Kevin's brand new play, The Pickleball Wars, starting at Wellfleet, opening at Wellfleet Harbor Actors Theater this Friday, August 11th at 8. There's a preview show tonight. We're recording this early, guys. So you can get tickets at what.org. I quickly want to mention that the Academy of Performing Arts has the Green Day musical American Idiot running through the 20th. Get tickets at academyplayhouse.org. At Cape Rep, the pianist of Williston Lane is having a limited run on the 16th through the 27th, so get your tickets ASAP. And for the kids, Puppets, Paul, and Mary in the Outdoor Theater is running through every Tuesday through August 29th. Tickets for both are at caperep.org. The Beachcomber has a lot of music coming up, starting tonight with Joe Samba, a bit rock and roll, and a bit reggae. Friday night, it's a Beachcomber favorite, the Aldous Collins Band. And on Saturday, it's Shango Axe, hip-hop-infused reggae with a bit of dance hall thrown in. Get tickets at thebeachcomber.com. And lastly, we're reaching the end of our summer fundraising drive, and I just want to say that WOMR doesn't just inspire playwrights like Kevin Rice. We also have amazing shows, that music shows that are locally produced, and spoken word programs like this. We get to shine where we get to shine a light on issues like art and music and whatever inspires our hosts. In an era of content, of canned content, isn't that something we'd all like to support? Say yes to the pledge and give us a call now at uh, 508-487-2619 or support us online at WOMR.org. Thank you. All right, so I have a burning question. I want to ask how many of you have actually played pickleball? Robin is raising his hand. Okay. Not I. <laughs> no, not you, Chris. Nope. nope. What about you, Kevin? I've taken two lessons. One here, one in Truro, and one, which led to the the the, the or, or origin originating originating the play. It was the seminal event that told me this is <laughs> a, uh, one one lesson here and one in Florida. I've never played except to be called in as a fourth player when my wife was desperate marla my wife marla is addicted to pick a ball so this is it's part of the i'm an enabler <laughs> you're an enabler i've heard this about your wife that she plays a lot of pickleball so. yes yeah so yeah. you had a good resource right in house for for getting yes. information about the game yeah yeah she's she's watchful over the play she wants to make sure that i do justice to her new love. Uh -huh. Well, since we have you here, Kevin, I, what, you know, could you tell our listeners like what, what to expect? What is the pickleball wars all about? It's if you've ever seen pickleball, you, you understand, you know, that it is really uh, the best way to describe it is organized chaos. Uh, <laughs> great phrase. It's sweet the country. And uh, in this play, it's really the federal government is trying to 
um, to capture the energy, the passion, the craze, uh, like capturing the, the, the physical energy of a tsunami or like wave energy, if you've ever heard about that, they're trying to harness the energy mm. of, so the federal government in my play, the federal government is trying to uh, harness the energy uh, of, of pickleball uh, to its own ends. And uh, it's a comedy. So, uh, <laughs> but in a funny way. <laughs> oh, it is funny. Believe me. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, and I was curious because, you know, through the winter, you know, I kept reading about, well, not so much, I guess it was more spring because people probably weren't outside in the winter playing pickleball. But I wondered how much, especially when I saw the title, Pickleball Wars. How you were inspired by all these stories that I mean, I kept reading about in Wellesley that their, you know, neighbors were up in arms, and um, so were you inspired by these kinds no. of things? No, no, okay, not at all. I don't think I had read one article about pickleball. I, I only knew that Marla <laughs> and was, uh, you know, in its thrall and uh, captivated by it, mesmerized by it. So. No, I hadn't read any of the articles. The articles I've read or just glanced at are have been in the last few months. It's it's become, I guess, a a popular subject for uh, for feature story writers for mm -hmm. people because it is it really is something. It's like Beatlemania, Beatlemania. <laughs> um, but no, I haven't uh, wasn't influenced by that at all. It was just my very first lesson. Within ten minutes, I said, "This is a stage play. This could be a stage play." Oh, interesting. Um, in terms of the, you know, again, the rules, the regulations over overlaid on top of this organized chaos, the movement, the movements, the choreography of pickleball. I saw it all uh, as being a great, great um, ingredients for comedy. And I tend to write satire. So that's how uh, the federal government got involved in the play. <laughs> I haven't sponsored it yet. Uh, hopefully, no only, hopefully only in theory. I don't know. <laughs> it will receive the I'm sure. Well, well, Chris, you know, as as the executive producing creative director, I always I, there are so many accolades <laughs> before your name. What made you want to, uh, to, to, you know, to run this and think that it would be a fun show? Well, I think first and foremost, the title is incredible. It's, yes. it's <laughs> such an evocative, timely title. Um, it's like, how could you not be drawn? In? But also, Kevin is the master of sophisticated comedy. Comedy mm -hmm. that you appreciate on the surface for a great laugh. And then three or four minutes later, it hits you about what he's really saying. And mm -hmm. um, just knowing this topic in this time and Kevin's skill with language and the, the beautiful way, he the beautiful wordplay that he incorporates into his plays. Um, I just knew this would be a very rich experience. Mm -hmm. No, and my feeling too was, couldn't we all use a comedy? <laughs> I think that I think it's great. It's also it's the type of play that lets us laugh at ourselves. Yes, and I think one of the things we hear over and over again from people who who love pickleball is the sense of community that it's creating for them. Hmm. That's a lot of older people, retirees, um, you know, people looking to start that next chapter in their life, and they found this instant camaraderie with mm -hmm. other pickleball players. And it's very interesting to me that this this strong community is also ripping communities apart. And mm -hmm. what that dichotomy is, I, I find that very interesting, just on a sociological level. Yeah. But to express it through comedy and through satire, I think is absolutely brilliant. And we were speaking to a, a group of donors the other night, and 
you know, one of the things I said is it's it's a it's a great opportunity for us to learn to not take everything so seriously all the time. Mm. But also yeah. it's a great opportunity to remind us, get to know your neighbors better. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was interesting as you said that, Chris, about you know, creating community. Um I they, I in, was listening to something the other day and they were talking about third spaces hmm. and that how much we've lost those during covid which were you know we a lot of us have work and home and then we had the coffee shop where we would hang out or we had our gym or our yoga studios whatever and um and for maybe for a lot of people pickleball has become their third space where they go and like you said they have community and camaraderie and and uh, so what about you, Robin? What about why did you want to? I almost I'm so curious what draws an actor to a role. And maybe you can explain to us a little bit about who you are. Well, I um I didn't know artist. much about the role uh when I when I agreed to do it, but I did know the title and I thought that was hilarious. There are several lawsuits in Atlanta where I live currently. Really? residents suing pickleball courts that were used to be tennis courts and they were okay with that because of that noise level but the pickleball noise level has gotten to them so that was going on right right near where we live so that was interesting and then of course there's the double edge of uh working with kevin again uh mm -hmm. i've enjoyed that a couple of summers in the past and under the radar and uh, we had a great time. That's and I right. love that was book. last last summer. You were in that one. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Last summer and, and a different version of the one before. And mm -hmm. as Chris already said, his wordplay really I'm a, I'm a huge fan of. And to, to the opportunity to work with him again, I, I jumped at. And then also to be at, at what? Um, because I, I uh, enjoyed Lennon's and Balmer so much a few years ago and uh, and and then previous shows before that. But it's been a little while. So. I'm really glad to be back there, and I think it's a great meeting of uh, of minds and talents and all of that. And hopefully, people will in, uh, will enjoy it. So, tell us a little bit about your your character. Like, well, um, I play a guy who has just retired. Well, uh, has been retired a year, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he has, of course, envisioned. Well, I don't <laughs> want to give too much away, but he's envisioned <laughs> finishing his master novel, which shall we say is. Uh, very long <laughs> oh and, one of uh, those okay yes yes and uh, he's in need of an editor but anyway that's that's not here there. so he's he envisions his retirement as this golden time of contemplation and relaxation and finishing his novel and no sooner does he retire than the pickleball lessons start right next door to his house Ooh. and uh, and then there is the other layer of you know espionage subterfuge all these things <laughs> i won't give away too much but so uh so the these combination of things come to a a, a very funny head uh in this show and uh it's, mm -hmm. it's i think unexpected hmm. well kevin you know it was really interesting i um heard the an interview on um WOMR with my colleague maddie dunn the other day and he was speaking with dennis cunningham and I had no idea about your history that you studied in Russia and that, you know, I mean, and it kind of all makes sense now with some of your past plays and things, but um, I found that really interesting. And how, how does that inform your work? But, uh... Uh, just in terms of, I guess, if you want to use a big word, you know, worldview, uh, mm -hmm. my own 
personal experience. Uh, it's not centered on Russia, but it was really formative in my own. I'm sure uh, it would be. You know, view of the world and what's going on now between you know Russia and Ukraine. It's deeply upsetting. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, no, it goes back. My, my connection to Russia goes back from when I was 10 years old. And then my study of the language in high school, college, and, uh, graduate school. So, uh, it wow. goes pretty deep. Russian literature, Soviet studies mm -hmm. is my, bad. a lot of, I don't have a lot of friends. Most, most of my friends I went to school with work, went to work for the NSA, CIA, diplomatic corps, uh, and um, I did not, but it's but it's remained part of my life. And then I got connected with uh, theater in Russia, uh, both in Moscow and also Siberia. Uh, and people ask why Siberia, and I, my response is it shows the length to which I will go. Yeah, so it it, uh, <laughs> it does it does fuel fuel, fuel a lot of the uh, of, of my work. It has several. I've written ten plays, so it's probably been wow. a theme or a sub theme and late motif anyway in in four probably four different plays but uh yeah it's uh it works well it works well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the russians are coming the russians are coming i mean that's <laughs> yeah. a comedy right oh yeah um, yeah yeah no. i remember that as a kid Ho hopefully they're not coming <laughs> hopefully hopefully yeah. not mm -hmm. and the other thing i wanted to ask was um you know, because we are on WOMR, so OMR has a role in this play, and um, so I'm I'm curious about about that a little bit about how WOMR became a part of the play. Well, I would I I have to say I love I mean just love WOMR. I'm connected. <laughs> my God, uh, almost 38 years ago, I was doing some short sketches and comedy routines on OMR, different programs, and uh, I'm a big fan. And also from the times I came into Paomet, it's been, uh, you know, a, a, a good collaboration on, on many different levels. We've done some live mm -hmm. broadcasts. Uh, we usually have um, one or two representatives of, of WOMR at our shows. And uh, in terms of theater and, and, and playwriting, I've always wanted to write a play where uh, which is set in a in a radio station in the studio, and um, so we mm. succeeded with this play. Several scenes take place at uh, not WOMR but WMOR, the station. <laughs> yes, I heard Dennis more. made that clear. And, <laughs> and it takes place uh, it takes place during a pledge drive, and Dennis <laughs> plays a character. If you can stretch your imagination, he plays a character uh, named Maddie. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I think it works pretty well. Dennis is, is, is the light of lights and a great talent. And we're so happy to have him um, on board. And that Robin, uh, and again, I've worked with Robin and I've seen his work also at a couple of different theaters here, you know, Harbor Stage and Wealth and Harbor Actors Theater. And I know, know him so well. And so when you write a play and you know an actor that well and what he's capable of, and I don't want to get too expansive but he's a great comedic actor um it's, it's just it made it all pop and come alive that several scenes take place in this radio station wmr during a pledge drive again if you can imagine a pledge drive in the radio station. <laughs> yes pledge drive yes pledge drive. yeah 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 <laughs> and yeah and and the and the thirst the the, the lunging uh for money you know 
um, <laughs> so and we have we have and we have uh, different patron, you know listeners calling in making pledges some not making pledges just uh complaining about i was gonna say complaining okay <laughs> the, the world of nonprofits. yeah no i don't want to give too much away uh, mm -hmm. please come and see the play. I think oh, you'll get your money's worth. And if you don't, I'll give you your money back. That's my <laughs> personal promise. <laughs> I just want to tell anybody who's just tuning in, you're listening to Arts Week on WOMR, and we're talking about a play that's opening this week at Wellfleet Harbor Actors Theater, The Pickleball Wars. And so, Chris, I find it so interesting. There's a lot of history along with this play, as, you know, Kevin was a founding member of mm -hmm. you know, Wellfleet Harbor Actors Theater. So maybe, can you fill it, listeners it, it in a little like, bit? Yeah. yeah, it feels like this place quite the homecoming for us. Really, um, yeah. Yeah, because Kevin being one of our founders, mm -hmm. uh, Dennis Cunningham was in an actor in the first season, mm -hmm. the first season. Daisy Walker, our director, is the daughter of Dan Walker, also one of our founders. And I think Daisy's directed over a dozen shows for us over the years. Wow. Um, Dan Lombardo is back, uh, serving as the dramaturg on this production, who was our longtime dramaturg and um, artistic director in 2012 and 2013. Um, yeah, so it feels like it's a little bit of old home week and uh, yeah. like homecoming weekend in high school when all the alumni come back. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's, it's a really nice experience to kind of reunite the generations of the theater. But oh, totally. the, I think also there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of Easter eggs in this play. And I think mm. there's some other people with a long what history who who pop up in in small ways uh, throughout this play. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, getting a thumbs up from Robin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Robin, I was thinking about you because, you know, you were just in Bread and Butter at Harbor Stage. And mm -hmm. um, how far back do you go with these two theaters or in uh, other... Well, my first show on the Cape uh, was at what? It was the Vibrator play in 2010. Wow, so 13, so 13 years. Yeah, 13 yeah. years ago. And uh, and then Boeing, Boeing, uh, Lennons and Bombers in this. So it's my fourth play at what? And uh, I've actually done 10 at the Harbor stage now. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, and then uh, with Kevin out at Provincetown Playhouse uh, with the Hopper play. So, yeah, so, I mean, uh, the Cape has become a really special part. My uh, my wife and I uh, were just talking about it, that it's become something we really look forward to in the winter, it, to hoping that there's a chance to come work on the Cape <laughs> in the summer. So, And we should so. say your wife, Kelly Christopher, is in this play as well. She is, and she's doing. I'm, I might be a little biased, I'll, I will admit, <laughs> uh, but uh, she's doing a wonderful uh job, and uh, and it's so it's so lovely to to have her. And and she said the other day, she said, I'd, I'd forgotten how hard at work it is, you know, going, you know, going, you <laughs> how know, long has uh, it been since she's done a play? Well, it's been a while. We uh we did a show together in '99, and I think that's oh the last gosh. time we worked together. Wow. And uh, I'm not sure if she's done another show since then. She's much better. I'd like to point out she's better trained than I am. She was uh, oh, yeah. at Williamstown Theater Festival and she was in the Neighborhood Playhouse in New York. And But then uh, substitute teaching, which she was doing to make some money, became a real love. And she became a, a teacher teacher and a Georgia Star teacher and a Fulbright winner and a, a highly awarded teacher. So that kind of took her away from it for uh, for many years. But now she's She's back and I'm really glad she is. And I'm grateful to uh, Chris and Kevin for uh, giving her a shot in this one. 
Well, what do you love about performing on the Cape? What is it that or Cape Cape audience is special? And well, play? yes, and, uh, I mean, I, I, yes, I, absolutely. I, I remember the first show at Harbor was a, a Stoppard play, and there was a joke about somebody mixing up Pablo Neruda and Pablo Picasso, and I thought, wow, okay, this is kind of esoteric, you know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if this will <laughs> go up. And then the first night, big laugh on that joke, and I thought, okay, only on the Cape. You get these the people that you know are, are sort of uh, you know go to an intellectual place at the theater and uh, and when so many places are doing shows and I'm always grateful to work wherever it is I don't want to sound like that but so many theaters are doing shows just to stay open just you know yeah. picking very safe things very things that they feel sure will sell you know mm -hmm. um, to see the kind of stuff that gets done on the Cape I mean uh, I, there's the chance to do things that it's really hard to do anymore in the theater, whether it's a really great classic piece or whether it's a brand new premieres, you know, a um, bunch of premieres on the Cape this summer. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's very exciting. So uh, th there's the opportunity, A, to do work uh, that you don't get to do other places and B, on a personal note, my mother-in-law uh, has a cottage here. She's kind enough to let me stay while I'm working. And so... <laughs> my wife gets to spend time with her mom and her and her stepdad and also i i guess it's you know yeah i don't have to point out the cave's not a bad place to be so uh <laughs> so it's a nice place to to be in the summer certainly out of the heat of atlanta so it's just a win-win-win as they say uh, a parietal optimality in the play so mm -hmm. <laughs> a parietal parietal optimality <laughs> So, Kevin, I was, you know, as was mentioned earlier, you're the executive director at Payomat. And, you know, what has, I mean, and you did do a play of yours last summer there. Um, but how long has it been since you've had a play at what? Uh, I think, I think uh, 2011 or 12, they so produced it's been a while. A blum, yeah. Yeah. which is an adaptation of a Russian classic novel, yes, it's been a while. Um, I love what I'm deeply I'm devoted to it and I want it to succeed and thrive or thrive and succeed. Take your choice. Uh, and I'm just picking up on what Robin just said. It's so exciting to be out here and there are premieres. Uh, Brenda Withers has had uh, one or two uh, just in the last year, I believe, and uh, work. So it's, I, I've mm -hmm. always, I thought that it could be, and I think it still is a mecca for theater. And that's saying a lot because theater is uh, going through some rough times mm -hmm. um, during COVID. Uh, of course, everybody got knocked down during COVID and a lot of people became entranced by, addicted to their screens. Now they're, mm -hmm. they're including pickleball for that. <laughs> so hopefully we switch them over back to live theater via uh, the play. But it's it's risky business doing a new play. People, I, I, I love my country and uh, my fellow Americans to sound corny, but uh, we're busy people, we're hardworking people. And when we, when people in this country go see a piece of theater or a movie, they want a, they want a winner. They want a mm -hmm. sometimes a chestnut, right. a golden oldie. I experienced it right. in the music business. If we present a music artist uh, that's won three or four or five Grammys, then I'm I'm relatively sure we'll get an audience. If we mm. present a music artist who's on their way up, and maybe in five or ten years they'll win a Grammy, and they're brilliant, 
Uh, it's much more difficult to draw an audience. We don't take many chances. Um, yeah. uh, just And I want people to take chances and take risks. So uh, for Chris to commission this play was taking a risk. Sure, he liked the title. It's a good title. It does it does draw people. We <laughs> hope it draws people. Um, but it's still a risk. And um, I, I've got to give so much credit to what theater for, for uh, doing this play. And I'd also note, you know, they're producing, in terms of this mecca out here, they're producing the great play by Harold Pinter, Betrayal, coming up. I was going to bring that up. Wars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. So it's all about here. Here you're seeing real collaboration. Uh, we were at an event the other night, um, and Chris and I and 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 Dan Lombardo, who's the dramaturg. I can't give Dan enough credit for. Again, he's like a connector, uh, and it's just it's very exciting when it's one and one is three or. Uh, four or five, you know, mm -hmm. not just everybody all for themselves. I should say, uh, if I, if it sounded like I was just hitting our audiences, I would say, uh, mm -hmm. try to counter that, or uh, is that people are very happy when there are co-productions and collaboration. Mm -hmm. uh, patrons of the arts and uh, audience, the audience, theater goers, really don't want to see uh, theaters or different cultural entities fighting with each other. They would rather see collaborations it's totally. you know life life is one big uh collaboration or celebration or it should be anyway mm -hmm. but, yeah. well no and i i think that any i don't know chris and i have discussed this before i think any competition in air quotes between these two theaters has been in people's imaginations because yeah. i think you know um i've never seen anything but collaboration and cooperation and wanting to help each other out and there's you know, room enough for two great theaters in Wellfleet, I think. And sure. So maybe, yeah, so there's, Chris, there's some, you know, maybe you can just speak a little bit because we only have a couple minutes left to what people can look for next in Betrayal. And this is- Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think Kevin said it best that Betrayal is, is really one of the cornerstone plays of the past century and, mm -hmm. and marks such a strong turning point in British theater. And, you know, Pinter is an, an absolute master again at wordplay but at, at creating poetry out of the mundane and mm -hmm. and allowing that poetry to reveal so much more about the characters than just what's on the surface yeah. um and, you know it's a fascinating character study about three individuals involved in a love triangle um with plenty of twists and turns along the way that they're quite unexpected um but an incredibly moving way too that mm -hmm. how interplay between these three individuals and even at the, the depths of their relationship, the love they still demonstrate for one another is incredibly profound. Mm -hmm. um, and to be collaborating with Harbor Stage, which I think is one of the finest performing ensembles around, just the, yeah. the chemistry of their core artists and mm -hmm. the culture that they've created around creating work um, that's artist-driven, that is mm -hmm. adventurous, that's risk-taking, um, it's inspirational. And yes. um, you know, to, to be able to bring the strengths of both organizations together on a piece that we both feel very strongly about, um, it, it's it's incredibly exciting for me, and I think mm -hmm. a real treat for the audience out here. Oh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And Bob Crop from Harbor Stage is directing. Yes, and, yes. Um, so it, and yes, some very familiar Har uh, Harbor faces oh, uh, will be in it. Oh, great. Well, we can't wait. But in the meantime, I can't tell people enough. I'm coming this week to see the Pickleball Wars. I can't wait. 
And um, so how do people get tickets, Mr. Ostrom? Uh, visit what.org or you mm -hmm. can give us a call at 508-349-9428, which somebody helpfully pointed out to me the other day, spells what on your on your keypad. Really? Which I never realized. I so, never realized that either. Yeah. Somebody was very great. clever when somebody they... <laughs> was thinking, yeah, back when they built this building. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you know, I am so looking forward to this and I thank all of you for bringing this to our community so that we can all have a great night out. And again, it's the Pickleball Wars. Get your tickets at what.org. And thank you, Chris, Robin, and Kevin for coming in and speaking to me today and break legs. It's like... Thank you, Candy. <laughs> thank you. All right. I'll see you next time on Arts Week. Au fait, j'ai voulu te te téléphoner pour te te demander allô quelque chose quoi quelque chose quoi Bye, 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 bye. Oui, mais moi, j'en ai...